Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with a client in real therapy sessions. And you'll hear two licensed psychotherapists. That's us. Breaking it down afterwards, so you get a look behind the curtain. In this episode, we're doing fair and corona good in spite of a burnt tongue and a kitschy therapist pillow. In the session, Drew feels good having put in his two-week notice. He can feel himself slowing down and letting go of a lot of stuff. And he hasn't had a night terror in weeks. And in the breakdown, we talk about individuating from parents by becoming your own person. How we can respond instead of react as we become more aware of triggers. Which frees us up to let the emotions be there without having to fix it right away. And speaking of right away, (laughs) keep your eye out for an insight out coming out on Monday. It's exciting. Always. Yay. So stick around. I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast. Hi. Hey. How are you, Dougie? You know, it's funny. I'll tell you how I am in just a second after I do this <laughs> tangent. Do tell. I noticed, especially with clients, when they say, how are you? And I say anything other than good, they always ask a follow-up or they'll ask next week, the following week. Like, I think I was saying for the past week or so, like, I'm, I'm getting back up to fair. And, you know, they go, oh, so you've been below fair? Yeah. If I say I'm doing fair, they'll go, oh, just fair? Yeah. Yeah, I I get that. Lately, I've been saying when people are like, how are you? I'm like, you know, like Corona good. Because <laughs> like, right. I don't know. I'm in lockdown. I have to wear a fucking mask when I leave the house. So that being said, I'm fantastic. I'm Corona good. I'd rather be Cuervo good. That was amazing. <laughs> Well, long way to go to say I'm doing I'm doing a little bit better than fair. How are you doing? Okay. I'll tell you how I'm doing. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Other than corona good, I burned my tongue last night on fucking chicken soup and hmm. it's it was a bad one, let me tell you. Hmm. And it still hurts and even though I can't taste food as well, I'm still eating. Well, good for you. It's important to keep eating. Well, yeah, I know, but like, you know. That was uh, <laughs> my dad's favorite thing when somebody in the house was sick. I mean, very much pre-corona. This is decades ago. You know, when you're thinking like, was it feed a fever, starve a cold or starve a fever, feed a cold? And he goes, feed a fever, feed a cold. Why take chances? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, the the tongue and the the roof of the mouth. Oh. Like I used to get that, the pizza oh. burn on the roof oh, of the mouth. Worst. Yeah. The worst. And you can't taste anything after that. No, it's horrible. Horrible. I also, however, can you see these? I ordered four. (laughs) I I ordered 14 new pillows. (laughs) 14. (laughs) Yeah. Waiting for them all to come. And then I've so far obsessed with all of them. So hopefully I won't like all of them and I'll weed them out because I don't know if I need 14 (laughs) pillows. I like the flamingo pillow. Thanks. You know, (laughs) You know the the pillow that I have with the reindeer smoking a pipe sitting in the chair? I sure do. Love that one. It's funny because my wife got that. I hated it. I was like, ugh, such a lame pillow. And she goes, yeah, but doesn't it look like it's a therapist? Doesn't it look like us? Isn't that like a therapist pillow? I go, whatever. (laughs) And then (laughs) I went to my therapist after that and sat in his office and for the first time realized, oh shit, he's got the same exact pillow in his office. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> no joke. What are the chances? I have no idea how long it's been there. Yeah. You guys, if you knew how obscure and rando this pillow is, you would be, that's not possible that two people even own this pillow, much less <laughs> you and your therapist. Right. That's crazy. And it, it wasn't even me that got it because I saw it in my therapist's office. It was, you know, couldn't have even been subliminal. It's one of those things where... You walk by a store and you're like, how is this store even open? They only sell (laughs) Christmas pillows like 365 days a year. Right. And you go in and you find that pillow. Right. That's it. Right. Oh, well, there it is. Yeah. 
Speaking of pillows, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, actually, I was <laughs> before we I'm we transitioned good. to the session. It just made me think of he recently went to Vegas, right, with girlfriend. Right. And I used to go to Vegas frequently when I was younger, mostly at 21, maybe a tad under, but I'd go, you know, with my good friend, Nathaniel, we'd go a bunch. Right, right. And <laughs> we were always looking like, how can we save a few bucks, you know, because we need our money for gambling. And we stayed in a, I guess it was a motel, not a hotel, like sandwiched between a couple casinos, a place called the Tam O'Shanter, not to be confused with the bar. Tam O'Shanter in Los Feliz, but the Tam O'Shanter in Vegas, very, very cheap. We got Is a room it downtown Vegas, old Vegas or no? Nope. Nope. Okay. It's on the strip, you know, okay. sandwiched between two casinos and it Amazing. was, you know, great location. It was like, awesome. We can stay here for like 50 bucks for the two of us for, <laughs> for the night. That's awesome. And then we can use our money to go gamble. Right. This is great. Right. And, uh, <laughs> We, we get in the room and you know how normally, you know, you pull the comforter back because the black light will show you every place that the comforter's been. Sure. Or, sure. Yeah. 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 He pulls the comforter back and he goes, um, there's blood on my sheets. <gasps> <laughs> and I just said, right, but they're probably clean. <laughs> oh like it's my not God. Fresh blood. It's been washed. <laughs> Was there actually blood on his sheets? Yeah. Yeah, there's blood. I mean, did you guys stay there? (laughs) You sure did. (laughs) You probably didn't even ask for new sheets. That night we did. And then he wound up winning some money the first night. And I think we, we switched rooms. I'll have to ask him and find out. I think we, I think we might've gone to like, uh, you know, the Luxor or something like that after that, but we certainly didn't stay there anymore. To the haunted hotel. Sure. How cool would that have been if that was like uh, a fresh murder had happened right there and we just got the room right after it happened? That would have been super amazing. Right, right. Yeah. Speaking of fresh murder. (laughs) (laughs) So this was his last week at work. Yeah. Uh, He gave the notice in and you guys will hear what it's been like for him after putting a notice and and getting that behind him and looking at what's in front of him. Right. Here we go. We'll talk to you in a few. So I still haven't recovered from Vegas last week, I don't think. Yeah. And I feel like mentally I'm kind of not as focused on work right now. And so I'm playing a mm. little bit more. You're also fresh off of putting in your two-week notice. Yeah. So you're probably a little bit checked out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's it's a weird stress. I've never felt this kind of stress in my life. Because mm. it's like, I don't have to do anything. You know, my two weeks are in. Like, I don't have to do anything. But I have so much that I want to do in the, like in the next week. It also has that scary factor of I've never done that before. Like, I feel good. You know, I really do. And I, I feel like I've, I've been really healthy over the last couple of weeks, which is kind of throwing me off because I've never felt like this before. And so it's all brand mm. new. How are you feeling? I think I finally slowed down and started, like, started appreciating things. Again, it's new. I think it's, it's very refreshing. Now, slowing down. Mm-hmm. I love this for you because it really is, even though you do know where you're going, you don't mm-hmm. know exactly. So many things are up in the air mm-hmm. and that historically has been very unsettling for you. Right. But now there's something, and I love the way you said it. You mm-hmm. said it a couple of times. You said, this is new. Yeah. It's not that it's bad. It's right. not that it's uncomfortable or not safe. It's just new and different. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Just kind of along for the ride and kind of see where it goes. And, and that's new for me too. The thing I've been thinking about lately is what am I like the next six months look like for me mm-hmm. um, instead of like a five year, 10 year plan? Like, where am I going to be at in six months? You know, my mom texted me the other day and she was like, I need some like time just with you. Like, I haven't seen you in a while and like I'm struggling and like that kind of thing. And that put a weird, a weird stress on me. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had to run to her and drop everything and be like, yeah, fly down right now. But I did as well. You know, it's kind of like an in-between situation. How are you making sense of that? I don't know if I have yet, but over the course of the last like three, four, five months, I haven't talked to my parents the way I did when I first moved down here, like the everyday calling, texting, that kind of thing, Mm. which again is new for me. 
you know, I, this is, I kind of feel like now sitting here today, I don't feel like I'm fully on my own, but I feel a lot more grown up than I ever have, hmm. which is fun. It, it's fun. It's not like yeah. a good or bad. It's just kind of like exciting. It is. Right. Yeah. It's just something that is. It, it just is. We're grown up. This is right. Yeah. It just yeah. is. But in the course of the next like three weeks specifically, there's a lot that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot has to, I have to be, I wanted to say lucky. I have to be extremely blessed in the next three weeks in order for everything to kind of come into fruition in the way I want it to, which that's where I find fear. Absolutely. Cause that's, that's the first time in what we were talking about yeah. today yeah. of like, yeah, this is what's going on. I don't know. It's the unknown. It's new. It's mm-hmm. different. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That was the first time where you said something in a way that was you trying to have control over it. The yeah. way I needed to go, the way I wanted to go, the way, right? Yeah. And I think that's where I find fear and failure. You know, if it doesn't happen the way I've been saying it, that's when it's going to be a letdown. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, I don't think I'm letting myself down. It's like, I know I'm going to be okay no matter what. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm cool. But what's, what's the letting down? I think it has to do with providing, you know, and, and, and the pride that I have with my parents. And, and like, I think this is like my first step into becoming who I want to be. Hmm. But I'm still figuring out who I want to be. And so I feel like I have open conversations, kind of like I do in here, where it's like I kind of throw some stuff out and, and see what happens. Yeah. And going back to the me not telling people what I'm doing, I feel a lot safer in that space than I do in fully sharing things with people. Because of that failure piece. If I yeah. don't achieve it, then I failed. Yeah. And there's there's something about the great entrepreneurial spirit or the inventors or all mm-hmm. that. It's not that they're not afraid to fail. Right. That they understand that failure is part of the process. Right. And you can fail at one thing one time. It doesn't mean I am a failure. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily a direct route, a direct line. Mm-hmm. You know, life certainly isn't that way. Right. And I think in this space of giving yourself something new and trying something different, we have an opportunity to even look at that idea of failure, of where I think I need to be as a straight line. Mm -hmm. And your your old MO, if I'm not taking that straight line, I'm doing something wrong or I'm failing. Just like you tell me the last girlfriend, it was like, well, if you're not going to church, you're doing something wrong. Right. You know? Right. And it felt shitty. Yeah. You know, it just felt shitty. And I think this is another really, really, really new thing of doing what I want to do in a healthy way, you know, not acting on every impulse, right? but being a little bit more cautious to the fact that I think if I'm happy, the people around me are going to be happy because they're going to feed off of that. Sure. You know, versus yeah. the vice versa of me having to make them happy for me to be happy. Yes. Oh, I, I love that one. You know, so that's kind of been like my mindset over the last couple of weeks. And, and I think it's been helping a lot. Because I mean, I, I even had night terrors probably two, three weeks. I kind of feel like right now in my space of being really good, I want to focus on what the bad looks like while I'm still in this mindset. Sure. Because then I'm prepared for it instead of going through it when I'm, when I'm going through it. Yeah. I love this because this is also, you know, what we talked about with the, the Boy Scout with all the gear, the Green Beret mm-hmm, dude, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's you want, you want to Boy Scout this. I, I want to be prepared and have everything and be ready. Yeah. But the reality of where you're at right now is more Green Beret guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you're just kind of able to go through a lot of these things. You can apply that to work. Yeah. You can also say that about just being an individual and and talking to my parents less. It's I'm experiencing things differently. Yeah. I'm allowing myself Mm -hmm. to be different and see what that's like. Yeah. Even though some of those fears are creeping in and and some of the discomfort Mm -hmm. will creep in a little bit too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want control. There's something new about this that can be very exciting. Mm-hmm. And allowing yourself to have this space and be in this space is starting to feel really good. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, it's funny, you mentioned sleep at the top of the session. I mm-hmm. haven't asked you that in a while, so I was <laughs> going to, and you just brought it up. Like, yeah, yeah, for a few weeks, haven't had night terrors. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and I'm smoking less and like, I'm, I'm not feeling like the need to like have to smoke to get through the night. You know, mm-hmm. like I, and that's the first time in probably how much, probably ten years, wow, hey, where I was like, no, nah, like I don't, I don't need to do it. It's my choice if I want to do it. Yeah, but it's not there because I have to, which has been super liberating because I feel like I'm in a better mental state because of it. I think I'm letting go of a lot of stuff, and I think once we talked about making room for disappointment, yeah, that really clicked, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, that's a, that's okay. 
And, and kind of since then, I think I've let go of a lot of stuff. Me and girlfriend were at a dinner the other night. And I mean, I being me, I made a stupid comment, just being a guy, you know what I mean? And and that led from like a really, really good date night to like both of us. Like she left, like she was crying at the end of it because like it was, it had to do with her friend that passed away. And like, I didn't uh, say it wow. directed at that, but she took it that way. Right. And so it left me in, in a state of like, I can't make this better because I didn't mean it like that. You know, and like, there's nothing I can fix about this. Yes, it brought up feelings like that. But then she was like, I was like, like, how are you? Like, what's going on? Talk to me. And she was like, nobody's ever asked me how I've been since this happened. Hmm. And I like, it just like clicked for me right there. And I was like, fuck, okay, I get it. And so we kind of like, we just went home and like went to bed. The reason I bring that up is because I was, that it was a trigger through that night. And I was, I was like, okay, I can't fix this right now. I don't know how to fix this. Let's just kind of go through this together. That was the first time when I was triggered and I knew I was triggered that I was okay with it. Yeah. And and just kind of let it be. Yeah. And we both came out of it better on the other side. Wow. Such a difference. Even though you said, I, I wanted to fix it, I wanted to make it better. Mm-hmm. You weren't you know, thrust into action or reaction mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So the trigger didn't create you know, that pattern with you guys, yeah, right? Yeah. And certainly not you trying to make it better, trying to fix it. What is it in that mindset that you were thinking of fixing or making better? I felt like I caused her that pain. Right. And so I wanted to take that away too. Right. Who's that about? Me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny because like I realized that too. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. was like, I'm not fixing this to help you. I'm fixing this to fix me. Yes. And I was like, okay, hold on. Love that. And I, love that. And I just kind of like stopped. And, and like that alone felt really good because I knew we were going through shit. We, we were. And like, I know, I know throughout life, it's going to happen again. You know, whether it's with her or with other people. 100%. And like, it's going to happen. Like, I know it's going to happen. Right. You mean you're never going to get triggered ever again? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I guess with that, I feel a lot better on the Green Beret side of where I'm at. Mm but I was still triggered. Absolutely. Look, it's going to happen again. Yeah. We're going to get triggered all the time. Yeah. It's can we respond instead of react yeah. some of the time? Yeah. Can we react and own our reaction? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that impulse to fix or make it better. Yeah, that was yours. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. What she was experiencing mm-hmm. is what we can eventually, not in the moment when we get triggered right away, and we're always going to have that you know, quick snap, but right. eventually that's going to be the thing that we can connect mm. with. Mm-hmm. Everybody's the lead actor in their own movie, yeah. right? Yeah, right? yeah, We yeah. talked about that. Yeah. So in your movie, mm-hmm. you know, we're out to dinner, we're on this date night, it's great. I said some stupid guy thing that you know, normally is just be funny. You're like, oh, just being a stupid guy. Yeah. And it'd be fine. Yeah. But oh shit, I fucked up because yeah. I see her reaction. And she's hurt. Now she's in tears. In my movie, my lead character fucked up. Right. And now I have to fix it. And I have to make it better. Right. What about her movie? Right? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. the point. I can, I can guess. Right. But I won't know. Right. Until she's here and I ask her. And that's that's movie with Nicolas Cage. He's an angel that comes down to like, experience this world in this life and falls in love with Meg Ryan. And at one point she's eating a pear and he said, Oh, what does that taste like? She goes, it's a pear. You know what a pear tastes like? Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't know what it tastes like to you. Right. (laughs) Cue the music. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. That's really good. Cause like where my head goes when I was a kid, there's a color card, right. It had all the colors, all the rainbow. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is blue. And my mom's like, well, yeah, you see blue, but what's blue to you? It was like this weird flip of like, well, yeah, I see green, but right. what color is green? And what is it to me? You know, so that's kind of where I, like my, my color story went. It's weird because everybody sees it differently. Yeah. And it experiences differently and, and feels differently. And like, I think the struggle with me and girlfriend is that I want so bad to be there for her. She's been hurt by opening it up to mm-hmm. people. And like, even, I mean, we've been dating for a year now 
you know, and like even now it takes like a lot of time and like effort to sit down and and, sure. and be there sure. in that moment. And it's even harder so when I'm triggered because then it's like, well, I'm finding my own stuff and trying to help your stuff right. and understand your stuff. Well, and that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. But understand your stuff, there's a way to do it that's less work mm-hmm. and more helpful. What does the pear taste like to you? Yeah. Help me understand your stuff. That's what she's looking for, probably. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. I want that connection. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that before. I, I want to connect with somebody in that way. Yeah. You know, we're programmed. Blue means sad. Green. Green means jealous. Red means angry. Yeah. You know, yellow is happy. No, they're just <laughs> colors. Red yeah. means stop. Green yeah. means go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Depends. We need context. We need to know what this color means to you. Right. What this experience means to you. Something that as you build the muscle and the awareness of that, maybe we can start to do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the day or two that follows, and even now you can go, hey, what was going on for you then? And and, and I think my my fear with that is is shut down. Like she'll shut down, you know, and then we'll be right back to it. Because I I don't know how, I'm still trying to figure out, and I don't don't know if I ever will because men, women, it is what it is. But like, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Because I've asked her, I'm like, what do you need? How can I be there for you? What What's going on? How can I help? Even that. Yeah. Those first couple questions. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Right. Who's that about? Me. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't know how to phrase it. Because I, I know my heart's there. And I know sure. I'm doing it with the right intention. Absolutely. I just don't know how to voice that. Yeah. And it's even if we get the words wrong, right. you know, like I've said to you before, say the wrong words, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's about how do we communicate mm-hmm. when we're in that place? And that takes two people. Yeah. And a lot of it is just kind of recognizing, yeah, my attention is good, but the message I send is not mm-hmm. always the message she, she receives. And that's mm-hmm. why being able to clarify and being able to talk about, that's what determines how well you're going to do in a relationship. So worrying so much about exactly how to phrase it is different than, wait, What's my intention here? Mm. I do want to help her and understand her. So let me ask her, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. Not what can I do to make this better? Tell me about your experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the question most couples will ask each other, right, mm-hmm. is, are you mad at me? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's even going back to when we were talking about allowing people to be disappointed. Because mm-hmm. chances are, it's just a trigger for something else they're already holding. Right. Scary, it's new, it's different, mm-hmm. but it's a way that that if we can exercise that muscle, it's really getting down to how do I understand them? How do I show that I'm just here? Talk to me. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know. Exactly. It's also letting I don't know be okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, yeah, 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 what's going on there? It's uh the I don't know is so new and like I don't even know if it's a hundred percent there yet. You know, I, I think I'm getting I'm on the first step of that path. Mm. Of being okay with the I don't know, right? Yeah, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And that's, I mean, look, part of where you are, yeah, is on this amazing adventure of life. And I hear a lot of where you're at, what you're describing today is, yeah, this is new territory. I'm not talking to my parents all the time. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know, and that's okay. Yeah, even though it might be unsettling. Mm-hmm. It's new and different. Yeah, it's new and different. And like, I don't know what happened in in the last like six, eight weeks that, that really is flipped. Because I think four sessions ago when I came in, it was just like all bad. And then the mm-hmm. next week, it just kind of flipped. And I don't know what necessarily happened there or what, like how. Right. But I definitely, I can feel, I can feel it, especially looking back on it. I don't know what's bad. I'm so focused on the good, good, good mm-hmm. that... I'm worried about not dealing with the bad because I'm so focused on everything that's going right right now. And I think that plays into the the I don't know conversation. That's the part for me right now that I'm concerned about. What's the concern? That I feel like I still haven't dealt with it. Mm. And like right now, I don't need to because I'm doing fine. Feeling good. Yeah. What would dealing with it do? I don't know. Probably, Probably nothing. Yeah. You know? Quite possible. Yeah. Remember the story I told you about the, the girl I worked with down in the hood, mm-hmm. right? Who had mm-hmm. the crack in yep. her, in her yep. wall, like did the drawing and, and it became a part of her. Right. When she had that poster over it, she was hiding something that's cracked, 
right? It's almost what you're saying in a sense of, I know there's some fucked up stuff in my past. I know there's some shit that I need to deal with. I know there's some trauma there. There's some stuff there. Mm-hmm. There's a crack. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think we've, we've peeled the poster off. Mm-hmm. And you're creating an illustration that incorporates the crack, right? This mm-hmm. is part of my story, but it doesn't have to rule my every moment yeah. all the time. And I know this is what clicks I don't know exactly. Right. I think a piece of what clicked is is you're giving yourself a little bit of compassion and a break mm-hmm. and recognizing, yeah, that crack is there. Right. And it doesn't have to be all of me. Mm-hmm. My mom will be okay if I don't talk to her every day. More importantly, I will be okay. Yeah. And learning that and walking through that and experiencing that to show yourself it's true. When I said to you, earth is flat, and mm-hmm. some people still believe that, right? <laughs> This is you taking the ship out to sea and sailing around going, wow, look at that. We just keep going around. We haven't fallen off yet. Right. You're proving to yourself that this is okay. And that's new. It's new territory for you. Mm -hmm. That's the Green Beret actually on the mountain camping, being there on the path, which is where you are. Mm -hmm. And allowing yourself to experience it and be there Mm -hmm. is actually amazing. And that's what life is all about. Yeah. It can be unsettling and Triggering and sometimes <laughs> yeah. fears and worries can pop up, anxieties, sure. Also beauty and the good stuff and the stuff that you're seeing. Right. That's there too. Yeah. And, and so I, I definitely I definitely think I'm like on the path now, fully walking and seeing the sights and, and enjoying it. Mm. Every time this is I felt like this, I've always reverted. Oh, I've always gone back to it. And so like that's that's just my fear. You know, I'm just so afraid of holding on to how I feel right now that I'm going to lose sight of where I've been and, and started, you know, and like, it's just like, that's scary to me. Like, it's really, really scary. Well, what would we tell yourself? Because the, the story that that voice is telling you, that, yeah. that Darth Vader voice telling mm-hmm. you, you're just going to go back to the way you were. It's going to be fucked and then I'll have you. Then you'll be <laughs> on the dark side. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's that voice. Right. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's that critical one in our heads that's going to rip apart every everything. Everything, yeah. It won't ever entirely go away, but it'll get quieter and we can do something else with it. So what do we what do we tell ourselves when that voice is coming up? That I have been there before and I, I have gotten through it and like it, it's been okay. Like I'm fine right now. I guess I, I would say something along the lines of like, Yeah, you'll get through this too. Yeah. What if something bad happens? You'll get through that. Yeah. Okay. Play the game right. Mm-hmm. What if good stuff keeps happening? Then you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Remember to tell yourself that side of things too. Right. Yeah. You gotta right? balance it. Yeah. Otherwise, we're gonna disqualify all the good stuff coming at it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I've been doing. Really been disqualifying a lot of the the good stuff that's been happening right now. You know, I've been like, yeah, this is good now. But but yeah, what happens six months from now? And if if we shift the butt to an ant. Mm. This is all really good now. And it might not stay this way. Right. It might. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and I don't know is unsettling. Mm-hmm. If we say that and just keep following that with the ant, mm-hmm. we're allowing us to have both those feelings, both those thoughts without just one taking right. over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's balance. Yeah. That's Vader and Yoda at the same time. Yeah, like right? that. Yeah. That's having both those forces. So you don't have to eradicate one of them completely. Right. You just have to leave room. Maybe balance for me is being a little more in the center of things, mm-hmm. not one or the other. Yeah. So when things are going good, red car, white car thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right now you're seeing a lot of white cars. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's red cars on your road right now too. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. They are there. Mm-hmm. It's not just, well, I'm choosing to ignore those to see just the white cars and the good stuff. Right. And a black and white car. (laughs) They're all out there. Right. Right. So it's just kind of going, all right, I know it's all that. I know there is balance, you know, reminding yourself of that and just flexing that, trying to get more familiar with Mm. being in this space of, I don't know. Yeah. I think you're right on me focusing on the white cars, you know, and like I'm, I'm looking at all the good. Oh, that's cool. That's great. That's awesome. It's not that I've lost focus of the red cars. I just haven't given I haven't given them any space. You know, I, I even acknowledge that they're there. I just kind of like ah. And the other big thing too with like friend leaving, like he's my boy from back home. Right. 
And when he told me, I wasn't, because I knew I knew he was going to leave. Like I, I could feel it. But when he actually told me, I had a really supportive reaction, hmm. which was really nice for myself more than him, selfishly. Yeah. Because I think six months ago, it would have been like, fuck you, dude. Like, why are you leaving me? You could hear it as his movie. Oh, he's going back. Oh, cool. I'm supportive. Yeah. Yes, there's an impact to me. Mm-hmm. And we'll need to deal with that somehow, somewhere. So it's giving it the proper space. But in that moment, you were like, wow, that's cool. And that felt really good because I, I feel like more times than not, I go right back to, well, why are you leaving? Did I do something wrong? But that made me really realize like who I wanted to be. And so now my focus is more on, yo, let's, let's go do fun stuff. I'm not worried about work. I used to get on him for shit like because I wanted so bad for him to want it too because I wanted it so bad and he just didn't. And now I understand because I couldn't force that upon him. Like he can do whatever he wants to do. That's his movie. Like he's doing his thing. You can't control that? Not at all. You know, like not not even a little bit. I can influence it and show him like certain things here and there. But I like at the end of the day, he can do whatever he wants to do. He's a grown man. You know, like I have no yep. control where he wants to live, what he wants to do for a job. It's more so a conversation of like, well, that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And and I think that's yeah. a bigger conversation of of with my mom, with girlfriend, with everybody in my life, of giving them space to do what they want to do and seeing them flourish. It's allowing them to be their own person, mm-hmm. which we have to do because they are. Right. We don't have control over them. Right. When they're doing something that we just don't agree with, okay. That's on us to do something for us about that, Mm -hmm. not to change them. That's trying to get them to follow a rule, not knowing your own boundary. Mm -hmm. With him going back and making the choices that he's making, I think you can see like, oh, that's his journey. Those are his choices. Cool. Getting triggered by girlfriend, hanging out with friend. Mm -hmm. And what's going on? And there goes Mm -hmm. the smile. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I see where this is going. I'm going to take it even a step further. Then you get Mm -hmm. the mom. Mm -hmm. Can't control her either i don't know what shape you're going to be in when you wake up if you wake up and is that an extreme yeah and it's happening and we don't have control over that Mm -hmm. it's not your job and i I think the mom one's a lot harder for me to understand just being her kid i feel like i should have a lot more influence on her than your normal guy walking down the street but at the same time i don't because it's her life, you know, they, that's her choice no matter what she wants to do. It's funny, I, I don't know why I just thought about this. I, I've i realized now that I've gotten older that Christmas obviously isn't about the gifts. It was a lot more about being there for family and, and just being there. But a lot of the times, like, that was always masked by what I was getting and, and the excitement to unwrap a present because I feel, I don't feel, I know, like, my mom would shower me in gifts to kind of distract that and be more focused on the, the new thing I just opened versus her on the couch passed out. Right. And I don't have control over that. Yeah. And the more we can flex this muscle, which we have been, mm-hmm. I don't have control over that. Yeah. There's a nice little deep breath. Yeah. And you're still experiencing what this new and different path is mm-hmm. on. I'm trying to be an individual mm-hmm. and independent and I don't have to fix everybody all the time. Right. They are their own person. Yeah. Each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. They're in their own movie. Mm-hmm. I can be a supporting actor in their movie right. when I'm willing to. Mm-hmm. I have to know what my movie is mm-hmm. and what I'm doing in that because yeah. that's the only thing I have some control over. Right. I think I saw in you when you, when you had that moment of, oh, shit, that's <laughs> the time when everything goes to shit. That's the time that it means this. So this is going to happen. This mm-hmm. We don't know that. Yeah, because it hasn't happened yet. No. Yeah. Not at all. And worrying about something that hasn't happened, well, that's, I mean, that's what worry is. Right. The thing itself is often not nearly as bad as all the worry leading up to it. Right. And that's that remembering that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. I've survived everything I've I've been through. Right. We're doing good. Yeah. I mean, we're doing great. Yeah. We're doing all right. Even you saying like, yeah, I don't know, like the last few weeks, I've been sleeping better, no night terrors. And something clicked the last six, eight weeks and just recognize this is part of the process and the progress that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a fucking pat on the back. (laughs) Dude, you're doing it. Yeah. No, and it feels good. 
we are back with you. Yay. <laughs> so gave his notice at work. This is what this was. He has one more week at work. Is that right? Sounds like it because he put his two week in last yeah. week and now it's sort of the. I think he said this is my last week at work. Yeah, but it's that it's that weird place of, I guess I'm done and I don't really have much to do. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 exactly. Again, I swear to God, Drew sprinkles in this mom shit here and there where I'm like, what the fuck? Like it just. Right. It, not that you glaze over it or without a reason behind it, but I was just like, what? That. So she reached out to him and said she wanted to spend time with him because she's struggling. I was like, motherfucker, that's, right. I mean, no judgment. Right. And also, you know, I think it's hard. There's this inherent dynamic, theoretically, that parents are parents and they don't ask their kids for help unless it's like taking out the trash or whatever. But, you know, not I'm a, and I don't know, he didn't say this, but not a, I'm a drug addict. I'm struggling. That's big time help and pressure on a kid. And yeah. That that's provided the parents are actually grown individual adults. Yeah, yeah. Right. As we're growing up, we think our parents are you know superheroes. Sometimes, yeah. Not always. What we start to realize is, oh wait, they're just as fallible as anybody else. Like, oh yeah. Like we said early on, not all therapists have their shit together. Not all parents have their shit together either. By a long no, and and also though, (laughs) like I have a client who's growing up, and until now, her mom has talked to her about her dad and all her problems with her dad and like marital stuff. And I'm like, nah, dude, like you don't do that. Don't go go find a therapist. So in that respect, and again, I get it. Everything's different, you know. Everything's relative, but I think what what was the best part about this was Drew was saying that he didn't think that he had to drop everything and run to her. And also in a way he did. And I was like, Drew, that's a dialectic to conflicting truths. Right. Both can be true. Yep. Yeah. We hit, we hit a little bit, quite a bit of that mm-hmm. in this episode, the dialectic of, of those two opposing things yep. being true. And for this particular thing, you're right. I didn't jump on it. I didn't, I didn't want to go in there and, and get that. What I did notice, and I think I said it in terms of like being grown up and being your own individual and being more independent, is that's the process of individuation, becoming an individual and growing so you outgrow the need for your parents. You might still want them, right? But outgrowing that need because you're growing, you know, your own parent inside. And he's doing that. So highlighting that that's something that's happening without naming it as such, because he's kind of in the process of doing that. Right. right? Yeah. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to hammer that. I just wanted to allow it and mark it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the, the thing about marking it, at least the way that I do in my style is I mark it with them in a certain way so that it could be next week. It could be next month or six months later where I go, Hey, remember when, you know, you were just leaving your job and your mom, right you know, was struggling and, you know, wanted you to come up and you didn't. You remember that? Then we'll be able to to recognize what was going on and what it was. Or it comes up organically again, which, i.e., the night terrors <laughs> that he brought up. Right. He hasn't had night terrors in two to three weeks. He just like threw that out there. I'm like, what? Right. Fucking awesome. And he also said that he's smoking less weed to get through the night with, for the first time in like 10 years. I was like, holy right. shit, dude, That's those are huge things. Amazing. And a lot of what I'm seeing in him, and you guys are getting to see it too, and especially if you've been listening from the start of him, you're seeing the progress and how it, it can be incremental, but you put it all together and you do see it over time where, remember I told you I wasn't going to talk about night terrors with him directly, but we were going to work on other yep. things. Yep. And part of what we've been working on is being more okay with not okay, being more comfortable with the discomfort, right? And the more he's been able to do that, it's freed him up to have these emotions that he might not necessarily like and just allow them to be there without derailing or pulling his entire attention the same way mom could be struggling. And he said, and I wasn't running out there to go fix it, to go, you know, fix her and fix that. Like what he doesn't realize is he's been in a sense, I know you don't like this because of your vase metaphor uh, analogy, 
he's been fixing himself. He's not broken. He's not the broken vase. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But he's been yeah. working on himself in a way that totally. He's much more empowered and, and strong and can be with these emotions that he doesn't like without them, like I said, derailing or completely pulling his focus. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people to recognize or to see how this can work is that one of his biggest issues were the night terrors and you haven't talked about them at all. And now they're gone. I mean, at least for now, maybe they'll come back, but it is possible for him to get through not only a night, but two, three weeks without night terrors because of addressing other things that alleviate that stress or anxiety or intensity that was causing those in the first place so that we can address things in therapy without addressing them. Right. Totally. And he's, I think we're starting to see that in some of the relationships that he has and how he's able to interact with parents, girlfriend, friends, even when he put in his notice uh, a week or two ago and one of the managers was crying and said, I can't do this without you. Yeah. And if you remember when he said that to me, he kind of laughed when he said, sorry. Right. right? And I heard that and I heard the, the laughter sometimes is a little bit of we're uncomfortable or we're just unsure or it's new and it's different. Right. And that to me was such a great moment because it was him not stopping everything and hearing somebody's not going to be okay without him. So he has to fix. Right, right. And that absolutely relates to mom, but we can deal with that without talking about mom and just showing that he's strengthening himself. Yeah. And he said that one of the new things he's doing is is that he's now doing things that he wants to do in a healthy way and that he's not acting on every impulse, but he's realizing that if he's happy, that other people will like feel that energy and feed off of that rather than him having to be happy to make them happy. Yep. And I was writing that down and then you were like, whoa, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) it's funny because I could almost hear like using that as a quote, if I'm happy, then they'll be happy. And you you going, no, if you take that out of context, no, yeah. fuck that, right? Yep. So I love that you heard it in context and, and you heard it that way because it really is about, right, if I'm actually trying to be happy myself, then the people around me will, will see that and reflect that. But if I'm trying mm-hmm. to make them happy exactly. or if I'm trying to appear happy for them, Yep. You know, it doesn't have the same, same impact. It doesn't work the same way. Right. Yeah. And it's sort of like that old cliche where, well, you can't be happy in a relationship until you're happy with yourself. I mean, to a large extent, <laughs> it's true and sure. it's not a hundred percent accurate, but yes, I think that there's a lot of validity to that. Right. And then, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think you're going to hit the, when they were out to dinner. Yes. Uh-huh. You can't just... Throw that out there, Drew, without telling us what you said. He's like, you know, stupid guy stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God. So like anything, anything a guy says, because you guys are just dumb. (laughs) Just kidding. And then of course, like you leave the cliffhanger of like, yeah, it was about her friend that died. I was like, what? You can't know. And so did he tell you what he said? No, he did not tell me. And I honestly, truly don't care because it's not relevant to what the process uh, was. I know you want to know what it was and what, and sure, like if I, don't I know entertain that it's it in irrelevant. my head, if I, if I entertain it in my head, it was probably something like, uh, you know, we're going out on a date night and like, yeah, just don't let any ex-boyfriends FaceTime you. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows? Yeah, sure, sure, you know? sure. Like, yes. yeah, we, let, let's go out to dinner and put our phones on do not disturb. Don't want to FaceTime. You know, who yeah. knows? It, it's irrelevant. 100%. What was most relevant, and I think you'll pick it up in a second, so I'll shut up and let you keep going. What was most relevant is that he was (laughs) triggered and that he accepted that he couldn't fix it and that he just let it be okay. Is that what you were thinking? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Then you called him out. Well, I don't know, called him out, but you said- Marked it. I marked it. Marked that he's fixing it to fix himself, not to help the other person, not to help her. Right. When, when it was about that, which is exactly, you know, what we were talking about with mom. Right. She's struggling and I didn't drop everything to go out there. And he just said something that triggered girlfriend and he didn't drop everything to fix it 
because fixing it would be, she's uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, let me make this better. And it's allowing the discomfort, allowing the disappointment, allowing, you know, whatever the emotion is. And he's getting so much more comfortable and aware doing that. Yeah, he even brought that up, right? It's, It's helpful that he's continuing to make room for disappointment. And so it turned out to be okay that he couldn't fix things. He's like, I know I can't fix it. Okay, let's move forward. Right. And said that that was helpful for her too, for both of them. Yeah. And then it was being able to revisit it and talk about it in a way that was really like, that can bring them together. And now she can feel not attacked or not put on the spot. And she can actually just describe what was going on as opposed to in the moment when we're triggered, when we're triggered or when we trigger somebody, I think there's a tendency to get very reactive, right? And there's an energy. Yeah, you mentioned that, right? The respond instead of react. I love exactly. that. Exactly. Because that, that energy that we pick up in those triggered moments are very activated. We are activated. I don't know the neuroscience of this, but you know, there's something in our whichever part of the brain. I will say you use the pair analogy again. You know you've told that before. Right. Uh, you know I'm repetitive, right? I love how Drew pretended like he didn't, you haven't said it to him. Right. I was like, Drew, you know he used that example. Totally. Because you know I'm repetitive, right? <laughs> the, and you know, if you notice, part of the repetition is sinking in because he, he, throw, he throws out Green Beret all the time. Oh, my God. Totally. Right? I was, uh, heard that later. I was like, yes. Yeah. He's like, and, of course, he's now also the analogy thing. He was talking about oh, the, uh, colors. the color card with the rainbow and how mom was like, you see blue differently. I was like, yeah, yeah. Look at you go, Drew. Yep. Yep. And it's, it really is, I think opening his brain in a different way, it's still the same lesson. You know, it's, it's saying the same thing. You guys also talked about, or he said something about the first step of the path of being okay with, I don't know. And Mm. it's so funny because I think I've mentioned before that I have some clients where I don't know is not allowed right. in the room. Right. Can't be part of their vocabulary. And also at the same time, this, when you said that, like my ears perked up, but then I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Being okay with not knowing. Right. Well, there's a difference. There's, I think for you, as I understand it, when you're talking to your clients and they say, I don't know, it's like, well, what were you feeling in that instance? I don't know. Like, exactly. I don't know is not yeah. okay there. You know, and it's, if you know your fast times at Ridgemont High, when Mr. Hand, the teacher says to Spicoli, like, you know, he asks him a question. He goes, I don't know. He goes, I don't know. Let's write that on the board. And he writes it on the board. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I write it on the board sometimes too. Right, but not for Spicoli for like, well, actually it is the same reason as Spicoli. Like that's not appropriate to say, I don't know in that instance. But for Drew, what he's describing when he says, I don't know so many times is the unknowing, is the not knowing, is the uncertainty, is that feeling of don't know, right? Yeah, being okay with it. Right, so that's being okay with that. That one's okay. One of the things I wasn't, I don't know, maybe a little confused about So he said that he's, you know, things are going really good and that he's worried that he isn't dealing with the bad. He's only focused on the good. And, you know, you said like, well, what does that look like? And if you did, my question is like, I was confused. Like, what is the bad? What is he not dealing with? That was confusing to me. It's that, that idea of, for some people it's, well, the other shoe is going to drop, you know, which I think we talked about way early on in the podcast. You loved when I said, the other shoe's not going to drop. It's already on the floor. You're just not looking at it. I love that. Which is sort of what this is about. It's he's, he's anticipating something bad. Black cars, white cars, red cars, they're all there. I mean, we literally had a black and white go <laughs> across where we were at the time, which is perfect timing. I know. That was amazing when you talked about how the red car is still there, or the white car or whatever. You're just not paying attention to it. Right. The sensation for him is there's something in my past that I'm not looking at. There's something bad. There's something bad that's going to happen because something bad has happened. Something bad always happens, which is incorrect thinking. It's just a frame of reference. You know, if I'm not there taking care of my mom, she's going to OD. And that's not correct. Is that what he's talking about when he says, I'm not dealing with the bad? That's a, that's a conclusion I drew in my head. I didn't want to, I didn't want to derail him from that. It's that sensation to me is is the important thing not what the actual 
anticipated event or trauma might be? Because I, I think the biggest one is mom ODing, but he's had friend OD. He's had, I think, cousin commit suicide. He's had yeah, some yeah. of these pretty impactful things happen that have repeatedly told him something bad is right around the corner or already there and you're not paying attention to it. You're not doing good enough, right? Right, right. Okay. So breaking that a little bit. And that's, it, it's it's funny because all of that to me is is pretty similar to and why it's incredible that he didn't try to fix girlfriend when they had their little, you know, the uh-huh. comment that he made. And later in the in the episode, in the session, I said, you know, something that most couples at some point will experience where somebody says, are you mad at me? Right? Yeah, exactly. And it's more about the person asking than it is the person that is perceived to be mad. Right? Totally. Right? Yeah. Fixing it for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm uh, excited to uh, see what comes next. See what we fix next. <laughs> we will continue to fix Drew. I love that too. That that idea that people go, are you going to therapy? What's wrong? Like, yeah. Why you got to phrase it like that? Why is something wrong? Why am I a broken vase that has to be put back together and, and glued? What's wrong is I'm courageous as fuck and I'm going to go take a look at myself and work on myself. That's what's wrong. Right. And I said that in an earlier one, or we said that like, Oh, you go to therapy? What's wrong? Oh, what's wrong? I'm dedicated to my own personal growth and becoming a better human being. Why? You're not? <laughs> like, oh, snap. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. So on that front, we will uh, we'll continue our journey of personal growth for Drew, for you guys, for everybody. For all of us. In the meantime, I think we're going to start doing... Well, not the Facebook live together. We'll do the Instagram live together. Yeah. Because we so can do fun. that together apart. Yep. That'll be fun. That'll be really fun. Nice. So, so join us whenever that is. Join us on our social media, wherever we are. Find us on iTunes and write a review. We'd be most appreciative. Even if you say something bad, it's appreciated. You can say whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> Just come back. Stick around. Uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.